Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. We got Thursday night football tonight. You're like, oh man, I had totally forgotten. You're like, yeah. We kind of went back into our uh, quarantine days, right? We're like, ah, no sports. One day, one day, no sports. So we're left with Carolina, who better than we thought, right? Taking on Atlanta, worse than we thought. And, um, you know, what's interesting is if I were to tell you, if I were to ask you, like, who's having a good year, I think you would say that Teddy Bridgewater is having a better year than Matt Ryan. But there's, you know, I think Matt Ryan's actually having an outstanding year. And at one in six, you think of the leads that they've lost. Some of that is on, you know, the offense. You got to keep scoring. But a lot of that is on their just awful defense. And then last week, you got to put it on Todd Gurley, their defense, but also Todd Gurley, where Matt Ryan clearly is telling him, clearly is telling him that you don't want to score. Right? There's, there's, there's audio and video evidence of Matt Ryan saying, don't score, don't score, just get the first down and don't score. You know what Todd Gurley did? He scored. Let's get to Kevin Clark. He joins us from The Ringer. It's a Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I mean, it did look like he lost his balance and maybe forgot, but in your mind when you're thinking, don't score, don't score, don't score, why did Todd Gurley score? 
Force of habit, I guess. I mean, I think it's the funniest photo I've seen maybe in the last few years in football to see Jamie Collins and all of the Lions throwing up their hands in celebration when the opposing player scores. That should tell you you've screwed up. Um, it looked like, yeah, he, he lost balance a little bit. Maybe he was just trying to get to the one-yard line. We've seen that before. It's happened in the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, against the Patriots with the Giants. And I think that running backs, they they – I don't know. Maybe they, they just want to score so badly their brain takes over at some point. But it was definitely one of the dumbest decisions I've seen this year. Yeah, it was it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, okay, so what do you think? Do you think that Atlanta will get rid of Matt Ryan? Not right now. Um, and you know, Rich McKay when he took over, he, he is the team president, but he was the GM at one point. Obviously, he was in Tampa before that. Uh, longtime personnel guy. He said they're not going to trade players for picks. Uh, you have to believe them at this point. I think you maybe um, on the second tier you'll see some of those guys go, but not Matt Ryan, not Julio Jones. You, know, you want the GM to make those decisions and, and just sort of see where they're at. I think with Atlanta, that could go either way. You could hire an established coach and try to get Matt Ryan and Julio Jones over the hump and, and try to build on this veteran team, or you tear the whole thing down. I think the cap stuff is a nightmare right now. Uh, you know, to take dead cap charges for Matt Ryan or Julio Jones, those guys, I mean, that would put them over when they're already going to be over. I don't think they're alone in having cap problems next year, but I definitely think we have an expensive team like that. You have to tread very, very carefully when it comes to the rebuild and not make a decision just based on the next couple of weeks. There were some that believed that the Lions would ultimately move on from Matt Stafford. They're 3-3, three and three, and I will grant you that they're very fortunate to beat Atlanta last week, but they should have should have won week one of the season when they when they collapsed. And DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, dropped the ball in the end zone. Um, all right, so what do we make? You know, Patricia, who is wildly just hated by the media, they are three. And, they they are three and three. They got the Colts at home. What do we make of the Lions? Well, uh, they weren't as bad as we thought they were, but they're still not very good. And I kind of feel like with Patricia in no man's land um, right now, as far as just his future goes, if he goes nine and seven, do they keep him? I don't know. Uh, Bob Quinn has not been a particularly good GM there. I just don't see a lot of talent on that roster. I think Matt Stafford is still playing uh, pretty well. I mean, I think he's certainly had his 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 low points this year. Um, it's not vintage Stafford, but he's not a disaster either. And so, what do I make of the Lions? I, I think they're an okay team that can beat a lot of teams but I just don't see them competing for anything meaningful this year. Um, I, I still think Matt Patricia is – I'm sorry to buy into this narrative, but I still think Matt Patricia is a pretty bad coach in general. Um, you know, I think he's proved that in New England. I just don't think he's very good uh, D.C. I don't think he's proven himself in Detroit. And so I don't have high expectations for them. They can win games that they should. I mean, obviously, when Atlanta's trying to give you the game, they took it, which is a sign of at least some competence. But I think generally I'm not expecting much of them this year. Um, all right. The game of the week is Steelers-Ravens. It's weird. Yeah. It, it's weird. I, I think foot, everybody in football is like, man, this is a hell of a game. Yet I, I don't know why it's not – I don't know why it doesn't feel as big as it, as it should feel. Maybe it's that it's not a Sunday night game. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so let's start with the Ravens. Yeah. Here they are at 5-1. and one. Obviously they didn't look good one time against Kansas City Chiefs, but they didn't look good against Chiefs last year. Now we see them on their home field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do we think they match up and Lamar matches up with the Steelers' defense? It's a great question. So, first of all, when you talk about how it doesn't feel like a big game, you know, Ryan Chaser works for us at the Ringer, and he was on our podcast today, and he said that as from a Steelers standpoint, he still is a Steelers fan, obviously. He's thinking more about the Thanksgiving game in a couple of weeks rather than this game because this matchup is going to either be replayed or close to being replayed in January, and he wants to see them beat the Ravens closer to the playoffs than now. So I think that's an interesting point. Obviously, it's not a primetime game, so there's a lot that goes into it. So that's kind of the reason there's not much shine here, is that we know these teams will see each other again, okay, um, at least once uh, after this. So from the, the Ravens standpoint, I'm intrigued to see what this front seven against uh, of Pittsburgh looks like against Lamar Jackson because the speed on that front seven, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, um, you know, I think that there's some – some question um, about how you get after Lamar, and I think that the Steelers have those answers. I'm intrigued to see it and, and kind of what that looks like. Um, we haven't seen Lamar in a uh, in his current state, in the current elite state, which started obviously at the beginning of last year. Uh, we haven't seen that against a really good Steelers team. Last year, obviously, they took a step back. Uh, they, they were not competing for anything after Roethlisberger got hurt. So to see Blitzburg against Lamar Jackson uh, is one of the most fascinating, just from a football schematic standpoint, matchups I've seen all year. Uh, okay, then what about what about Pittsburgh and their offense against the 
uh, Ravens defense. Like, the Ravens defense has been outstanding, obviously, with the exception of Kansas City. But, you know, they have a freak of nature at quarterback and a freak of nature uh, at wide receiver. And it, it felt like a bad matchup for the Ravens, more so than they're a bad team. What does the matchup look like for the Ravens against the Steelers' offense? Listen, Ravensburg can make any throw. And I think we sort of, you know, I think we've all gotten tired of 20 years of Ben Roethlisberger, um, where we kind of, he's almost underrated at this point. And so I think that uh, we forget how dynamic this can be. Now he's got Chase Claypool. Now he's got Dante Johnson, um, if he's healthy. And I, I think that there's just so much they can do. And you know, one of the things, again, going back to Shazier, you know, one of the things that, that, that Roethlisberger is really good at is he's going to get hit and he's going to be fine um, as long as he stays healthy. He does not get rattled. Um, you know, no one uses blitzes right now more effectively in the AFC than Baltimore. Um, they're going to get after Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger is the kind of, kind of quarterback who can take it. And he can get up off the, off the turf and, and throw a touchdown on the next play. So I think that this is an old-school tough Sunday AFC North matchup. And what I mean by that is these guys are just going to knock the crap out of each other. I mean, these are two teams that hit hard, even behind closed doors in practice. They hit each other hard. They're going to hit, uh, you know, on Sunday, it's going to be a really physical game. Uh, so, you know, might have a disadvantage having played a, a really physical game last week against the Titans where they were hitting the crap out of each other. But I think that this is going to come down. I know it, it sounds unscientific, but it's going to come down to toughness. And both these quarterbacks are going to get hit because that's what these front sevens do. And then two can get back up and make the plays after. And I think that, I mean, both of these guys have a real bounce-back ability, but I actually like the Steelers in this one. Yeah, it's it's going to be going to be interesting. Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. Kevin Clark joins us from The Ringer. Um, uh, okay, let's let's get to the Patriots. Is Cam yeah. Newton fixable? Wow. Um, great question. Uh, it depends what's wrong, right? He's not throwing to the right side of his body which suggests something's wrong. Uh, Mechanics-wise, I've heard complaints about his shoulder. Uh, people say that his, his feet are not aligned and all this stuff, and which suggests, suggests there's just a lot wrong with him right now. Uh, there's not any, they're not going to be easy throws this year. That's what we know. Because defenses don't respect anybody's ability to get open in New England. Uh, they're playing defenses that can basically take away that dynamic run game we saw in week one and even week two. And so I, I don't know. Cam Newton has to progress significantly because there's nothing that's going to be easy for the Patriots. And I don't think Cam Newton is going to be healthy enough or dynamic enough to, to make things happen in a way that will make life easier for a guy like Nikhil Harry who can't get open down the field. So uh, it, he's fixable in so much that he'll be better than what he was in the last two weeks. And I think that they'll, they'll get to eight or nine wins. They're not going to compete for anything. They're not going to win. The, they're certainly not going to compete for the AFC East or a playoff game or a playoff win or anything like that. Um, they are right now chasing confidence. I think they can get there, but they're chasing nothing beyond that. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I feel like they're they're not even they're they're just packing it in, right? Edelman gets his knee cleaned up, and yeah, uh, I think you know they they they'd be smart to move on from Gilmore, not because he's not a great player, but they get as many picks as you possibly can for him. Be interesting to see what happens. What uh, what are your expectations for Tua? Well, I mean, I, I think they're pretty high, only because we've seen what Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow have been able to do. And I really like Tua, and I think that the infrastructure there in Miami is pretty good. So I actually think, you know, in talking to some smart people this week, the left-handed quarterback thing is actually probably more important than we give it credit for because it's not just you're flipping the offense and maybe you, you flip some of the plays and this receiver was is playing on the other side of the field. But I really do. You know, Chris Collins was talking about this as well. He played with the lefty quarterback. Is The ball does tail a little bit differently. Um, we talked about that with lefty punters as well, where the ball spins differently. And so I think there might be a couple of hiccups as far as that goes. That will be resolved quickly. Um, and, and so maybe there's a little bit of, of stagnation there this week. But as far as this season and the next few years, I mean, this sky high for Tua. Um, you know, comparisons to, to Drew Brees a little bit, uh, I've heard from some smart people. So uh, I, I think the Dolphins can be really good. I think the fact that they've built this so smartly, they had the Texans picks next year. I mean, this is, this is a genuine contender to take over uh, in the AFC along with the Bills once this, this Patriots run is over. Do you believe the Packers are legitimately interested in adding a wide receiver? Well, uh, Yes, 
perfect world if the value is right. I would say that, you know, listen, Brian Gutenkunst, I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He is from the Ted Thompson school, and that means building from within, using free agency and trades very, very, very sparingly. Yep. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think they're going to go out and take a huge swing in the middle of the season unless there was incredible value, unless Will Fuller is available for nothing and the Texans just want to get rid of him. So is there going to be a huge swing? Probably not. Will they try to get a receiver if it fits? Yes, of course, because you know you look at the Bucks, and I'm not necessarily sold on Antonio Brown being a great acquisition, but if he's able to stay on the field, that changes the entire landscape of the NFC. And if you're the Packers and you feel like you can win the Super Bowl this year or get to a Super Bowl this year, you have to figure out a way to get at least one more weapon. And so I think that I think they'll try to find value, but I don't expect a big swing just because this organization has operated the same way for a long time. I don't think they're going to change this year. Uh, okay, Tom Brady adds uh, Antonio Brown. That, that's a big. That's a big weapon, right? That's that's a big weapon. Yeah. For, for, I got I got two Tampa questions. First one is: Do you believe he's he's the MVP as of now? Yes, really? and I think that we'll we'll see. You know, he's still got to play some primetime games, and we'll see what happens, you know, when Antonio Brown gets on the field and all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I think he is. You know, Russell Wilson played a very strange game, a very uncharacteristic game on Sunday night, throwing that awful interception to Isaiah Simmons. He kind of let the Vance Joseph blitz get to him a little bit over the course of the game and started making bad decisions. So, right now, I think nothing – it's like college football, right, with the Heisman, right, Doug, where, you know, you play badly in primetime and you knock yourself out of the race for a couple of weeks. And I feel like that's Russell Wilson right now. Uh, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers did that a couple weeks ago against Tampa. So, right Right now, the pecking order for me is Tom Brady number one. We haven't even seen. Didn't, didn't you know, he play poorly on primetime against the Bears? I, that was that was what five other bad performances ago with the other MVP candidates, right? That's the funny thing. We saw Mahomes kind of struggle against Buffalo. We've seen Lamar struggle. We've seen uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson struggle. I mean, it's, it's like a round robin. Everybody's knocking each other out, and we're just going to keep turning the wheel until one of these guys just stops screwing up. How likely is Mike McCarthy to make it to year two? I, I'm looking at this team right now. The Jerry Jones says, well, I've got my guy, all that stuff. You hired a guy who's supposed to come in here and build on what's already there and, and to take the next step. And instead, it looks like they're going to have to start tearing parts of it down. And not all of it, but parts of it. And I don't, I don't understand if your philosophy was we want an experienced guy to take it to the next level. I don't understand how they can do the exact opposite and you're still happy with it. So to answer your question, I think he might. I wouldn't. If I own the Cowboys, I mean, certainly things would be different. If I, a lot of things would be different if I own the Cowboys. Um, but I'd probably be in a bigger living room right now. But I think that generally I would not – I would not change philosophies and say, hey, Mike McCarthy, you're the one to take us through a rebuild because that's not what you hired him for. So I would have moved on from him, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Clark from The Ringer. Download his stuff. Go to The Ringer. Awesome site. Just incredible uh, uh, information as well. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the football tonight. Anytime, Doug. Thank you. The NFL's greatest dynasty is ready to turn the lights off and call it quits for 2020. I'll explain next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. News came out today that Julian Edelman is going to miss some time. He's going to have his, a minor procedure in his knee. Now, look, I am not a doctor. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express uh, last night, but I can tell you unequivocally, unequivocally that this is um, curious news, to say the least. Curious news for a team that people would expect to be competing for a playoff spot. And it fits right in line with what we kind of assumed. There are teams at the start of the year, they're just like, look, we're not any good. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's tank for Trevor. And there are teams that believe there are Super Bowl teams, and then there are teams kind of in the middle. In the middle. You know, I I believe that the Patriots wanted to be competitive and see, like, what can we get out of this year? And they benefited greatly from Cam Newton being on the market. And I think they signed Cam Newton, like, let's just take a look and see. And part of the thing that I think helps Cam Newton is so many of the young players in the league grew up watching Cam Newton that that he carries respect that's above the actual level of his play. <laughs> like, he hadn't been a great quarterback in a long time. I just, I hate to break it to people who were like, man, Cam Newton, MVP 2015. You're right. What was the last time he was an elite quarterback? Yeah, yeah, that's five years ago. So with, with that in mind, though, they like they took a shot. This is what we do. We took a shot. Th- there was a sign there when Dante Hightower decided to opt out, and they had like eight guys opt out. They're like, eee. Remember, when even when Brady, it still was supposedly undecided, and I've talked to people who talked to Brady who said he wasn't coming back. 
just wasn't an option. He was just done there. He was ready to move on and try something else. Ready to move on and try something else. But I, I think they just want to say, like, let's just see what we can get out of it. And if not, if not, all right, trade deadline. Let's sell off some pieces. We're not heavily invested in any quarterback, right? I mean, there's no huge money to Hoyer, to Stidham, to Cam Newton. And let's just sell off those pieces, and the next year we can start over. Every run comes to an end. It just does. And how do you get there? So I don't think this, for anybody who says, well, it looks terribly on Bill Belichick, like, no, it doesn't. He won for 20 years in the National Football League. It helped that he had Tom Brady. It absolutely did. But you don't win for 20 years in the National Football League unless you're an amazing coach. And he's amazing. He's lost assistants. He's lost a lot of players. And this was a year where they were kind of capped out from really adding anything in free agency anyway. And look, they, they missed on Nikhil Harry going back to last year. They missed on wide receivers. And my guess would be they they want to move like Gilmore for a but for a first and a second and then turn that first into a bunch of seconds and thirds. Just get young. Get young. And load up. Let those contract expi- contracts expire. And figure out what's next. But when Julie Nettleman gets a minor knee procedure, right? That's one of those where if Tom Brady's there, if they have a good team and they're in the lead in the AFC East and they go like, hey, look, dude, you can get that thing cleaned up now or you can wait till the offseason. Like, "Mm, shoot it up. We'll wait till the offseason. But when you're ready to go, when Julie Nettleman's running open across the middle and Cam Newton's missing by a country mile, I'm going to get that thing cleaned up. I'm going to get ready for next season. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hmm. 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 Just, just the like the little mellow ball thing. Like, look, they're going to meet with all these guys. I just, I, I think sometimes guys report things like, "Oh, they're meeting with the mellow ball." They meet with everybody. They've they met with a lot of guys on Zoom. You know, I I know a team in the top five I've spoken with has met with 40 players on Zoom. So let's pump our brakes a little bit. Aaron Nagler joins us, co-founder of Cheesehead TV. As the Packers have only one loss, but it was a stomping, a curb stomping after getting out to a 10-point lead, 10-0 lead against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then the, the dam broke and it, was, it got ugly. Um, having reviewed the tape, as you guys do, how'd they actually play last week? I mean, that game, they did not play well. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You, you look at, yeah, they got out to a 10-point lead, but as Aaron Rodgers even said, you know, nothing came easy. Everything was off schedule. It wasn't like they were as efficient on offense like they were the first four weeks. Uh, but those two turnovers pretty much did them in. You know, once they were sledding uphill, it was bucks smelled blood in the water, and they just couldn't get anything going. I think, you know, it, you kind of chalk it up to just one of those days, bad day at the office, et cetera. Um, and you hope – you know, if down the road they end up meeting in the playoffs, they have a better plan. I, I, I was kind of mystified as to why they didn't try to run the ball a little bit more. But, you know, they, they bounced back pretty darn well against Houston last week. Obviously, not the same team. Uh, a little bit easier on the, on, the old, uh, on the old game plan, what have you. But, you know, I, I do think this is a team that is going to more often than not be able to put up a lot of points. They just ran into a buzzsaw down there in Tampa. Um, okay, so there's there's rumors Will Fuller, you know, some have suggested Amari Cooper. It's not really the style of the Green Bay Packers to to make a trade, and I don't feel like wide receiver, though the offseason people wanted them to pick up a wide receiver, like, I don't know, Lazard has shown himself to be a good number two. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams, when healthy, is an elite wide receiver in the league. Valdez Scantling, Tanyan is is like a favorite of, of Aaron Rodgers. So, too, is Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Am I missing something that they need to add, add a player? No, I mean, I don't, think it, I don't think it's completely inconceivable that if they find, say, a bargain. You know, we do know there's been reporting that they made an offer for Zach Ertz prior to his going on IR. You know, they have been calling him around about wide receivers. I know that. So, it's not like they're not actively looking they always are you know if they can find bargain basement kind of prices so to speak and they can add talent to their roster especially 
somebody who might augment their offense, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I don't think they're going to make a hard push. Like you said, that's not really the Packer way. They're not going to go out of their way to give away premium draft picks for somebody. But if they're talking, say, to the Texans about Will Fuller, I, I think it makes a lot of sense if the price is right. Somebody who can come in, maybe help take the top off the defense in a way more consistent way than you've seen from MVS or anybody else in that offense. I think it makes sense. You know, Lazard's been out. He is back at practice now, but still going to probably be a few weeks away until he rejoins them. So uh, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, it would be pretty uncharacteristic, but I wouldn't ex- necessarily rule it out. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so what about what about this the offensive line that could protect so well? Why did they get so blown away by Tampa? Well, I think, like I said, they, they more often than not, when Aaron Rodgers is taking things down to one second on the play clock, it's a boon for the offense because he's able to kind of adjust and see what the defense is doing and then, you know, take advantage of it. In that scenario, especially once they got behind, like I said, they smelled blood in the water and, and they got down to kind of a bad place where I think Matt LaFleur was really kind of searching for something that would work. Nothing was. And that defense, once they knew – you know, they, they've got a lead. The, the Packers have to fall back and pass. They just kind of waited, you know, let Aaron Rodgers make his adjustments, and then fine, we'll just, you know, we're going to take it down to one second on the play clock. They just pin their ears back. In fact, on that second interception, it's pretty clear that they got a jump and probably could have been flagged for being offsides. Refs didn't call it, ends up as a big play the other way. Again, I think mostly that's just a bad day at the office. The Packers will be able to make the necessary adjustments. Those two, two turnovers, very uncharacteristic by Rodgers. That's what did them in. Yeah, that, that, that absolutely is it is what did them in. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Can they take solace in the fact that the rest of the division appears to stink? I mean, that, that, certainly, that certainly helps, right? I mean, the, the clearest path to the playoffs is obviously always winning your division. And look, I... We, we all saw the Bears on Monday night have real trouble on the offensive side of the ball. But I don't think, you know, you can completely discount them. I do think their defense is very, very good. I think they absolutely got gassed in that game because they had to come – they were on the field so much. But if there is a team in the north who can kind of give the Packers a bit of a challenge, I think it's the Bears. I think their defense matches up really well. And I do think, you know, as kind of up and down as Nick Foles may be, he's, you know – they have been competent quarterback play away from being, you know, at least a, a challenge each and every time they, they take the field. And I think he gives them that. I know there's a lot of hand wringing in Chicago right now about the offense, but I think this is a team that can challenge the Packers. Uh, other than that. Yeah. You're, I mean, Detroit, you're not worried about that. Minnesota. I think the Packers are about to walk all over them on Sunday. So yeah, I think if you've got to look for a challenger in the North, it's definitely Chicago. Is there somebody else that? Is there another position you think they may target in the deadline? Everybody gets a, gets kind of attached to the whole wide receiver idea, but sometimes, <laughs> right. so you know, sometimes like they were blown off the ball by you know on both sides of the ball by by Tampa. Uh, that happened last year in the playoffs. Obviously, both times they played San Francisco. Is there somebody else or another position you think they may target? Yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely possible, again, that they, they are calling around and they look for, say, someone for the defensive front. I would suspect they don't overreact to one game. It's not their style. Uh, but again, if they can find somebody who can make sense compensation-wise, it wouldn't surprise me to see them add a defensive tackle or a linebacker. But I'll tell you what, I mean, their defensive front, as much as it got talked about this past offseason, for good reason, like you say, they got pushed around in the NFC Championship game. You look at guys like Kingsley Kiki, Montrevious Adams played a whale of a game in Houston. I think they're going to count on those guys to continue to develop. And look, I understand that if they do sit on their hands at the trade deadline, there are going to be a lot of Packers fans who are the same old Packers. This is what they do. I understand like not they don't make the headlines at, at, in free agency at the trade deadline, and some people get frustrated by that. But the Packers have proven throughout decades that this is their way of working, and it's for more often than not, it produces a lot of wins. So yeah, I get it's frustrating. You see all these other teams making moves and Packers fans kind of wring their hands. But uh, the Packers believe in drafting and developing. And for the most part, it seems to work. Great stuff as always, man. Uh, really love it when you join us, Aaron. Uh, uh, Cheesehead TV, if you check it out, I think 
You'll be blown away by the the, the depth of coverage of the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Nagler, of course, is uh, he he's El Presidente. He's the guy. Aaron, thanks so <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, Doug. All right. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, Minnesota comes in this weekend into Green Bay. Usually that's a game where you circle. Obviously, the t- to me, like my favorite regular season game I may have ever seen anyone bring up with Aaron was when Favre came back. Remember when Favre came back with the Vikings and beat Aaron Rodgers? Remember that? Now, Aaron Rodgers' first year starter, they weren't very good. They lost a lot of games close late. That was Favre went to the Jets. They started out 9-3. and three. He got hurt, played through it. The next year, Favre was in Minnesota. The Vikings were very good. They went to the NFC Championship game. But the first, and, and the Packers were pretty good too, but the, the first time he came back, first year he came back, they kicked the crap out of the Packers. That was, here's a true story about that one. So, um, at the time, I was at ESPN. And on my street, was John Anderson. John Anderson, Sports Center, John Anderson, Wipeout. You know John Anderson? Okay. Unbelievable guy. John is from Green Bay. And so when that game came out on the schedule, I was doing radio, I, I texted John and be like, man, let uh, he's always, you should go to a Packers game. I'm from there. I can tell you all the spots. I was like, I want to go when Favre comes back. And he's like, you can sleep in my mom's basement. She got a room down there, a Packers room down there, a bedroom down there. I was like, I'm in. And he goes, and you can use her tickets because she can't bring herself to go and watch Brett Favre play for another team. I was like, in, 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 in. And then like two weeks before the game, I was getting ready to think about going and doing it. And he's like, hey, you still going? I was like, well, I'm thinking about it. I'm a last minute traveler guy. I don't know if this, this has become obvious to you guys. Um, I'm thinking about it. He's like, well, my, my mom is going to use the ticket. She is going to go. I was like, all right, I, mean, I can still find a way and buy tickets and whatever. You know, not a, not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Um, I did not go. I watched it on TV and I enjoyed it, but I should have. That's one of the, that's one of the bucket list ones I should have gone to. So. All right, got a, got a, got a bunch to get to here. Uh, are the Seahawks still among the elite in the NFL after losing the Cardinals? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every day at this time on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, what we try and do is uh, we try and find for you a clip of something from one of the radio shows. And of course, you know, morning we start with Clay Travis. Okay, we can't find a sports clip from Clay Travis. That's so we we move on. Then we go to Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd. Plus, after mine, we got straight out of Vegas. Um, we got uh, the Odd Couple with Broussard and Rob Parker. Uh, we got uh, Jason Smith. We got Ben Mahler. We got great shows. And then on the TV side, we try and pick from one of those TV shows. Right? We call it. This is Nick Wright from First Things First TV show, morning show FS1, talking about the Seahawks after getting Geno Atkins. Russ might be good enough to carry this Seattle team no matter what, but they are going they are trying to thread a needle that has never been thread in NFL history, a defense this bad winning a championship. The team I That's consistently right. bring up when yeah. we talk about the Seahawks is the team near and dear to my heart, the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs. They came as close as any team with a historically bad defense has come to winning a Super Bowl. If not for an offsides call or a coin flip in overtime, they go to a Super Bowl and then who knows. But that team didn't even get to the Super Bowl, much less win it. And so the question really is right now, I think more than about Carlos Dunlap, to Brandon's point, when Jamal Adams comes back, what does he bring Seattle? Because Wilds, my friends in Las Vegas... The odds makers, oh boy. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, they're cooling a bit on the Seahawks. The Seahawks are at Ooh. home this week against San Francisco. They are three-point favorites. That is our friends in Vegas telling us we think the Niners and Seahawks about the same quality of team. Give them three points for home, With otherwise it'd be a pick them. Um, yeah, look, their, their, their defense is uh, has issues. Um, there, there isn't really any question about it. You, know, you get the worst defense in the league, and you're not going to win that way. And it causes. And, and when Russell Wilson doesn't play well, they're going to get beaten. Um, I, I look. I, I think what happens is we have a tendency to overreact to early season football, and once we get to midseason football, that's when we find out what's what. It's an incredibly difficult division, one in which last year, though the Niners won, 
they were like a yard away from being the fifth seed in it. So we shouldn't freak out. Do I think you win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl with that kind of defense? The answer is no. How do I know? That's what playoff football has always looked like. The Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got uh, we got a good show for you. Um, I, I've gotten texts here. Why didn't you go to the Packers-Vikings game with Favre coming back? That's actually not the worst one I've ever done. Pyre, do you remember the kick six game? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, the kick six game was... Auburn and uh, Alabama, November 30th, 2013, right? Yep. So this is my second year working at CBS. And I have a, a dear friend of mine, Mike Hairston, who lives in Auburn, Alabama. He has a, bo- he has a box at, the, at uh, Jordan Hare Stadium. And um, he is, he's invited me there for years. I'm, here we are. Like, we're 2000, seven years. So for the last... I think eight years, he's invited me every year to an Auburn football game, and I've never gone. That's how good a friend I am. <laughs> and we text probably once every couple weeks. Once every couple weeks. And now my niece goes to school down there at Auburn. So now I'm like, now I got to go, right? But it was November 13th, uh, 2013. I was doing a college basketball game the very next day. And so my plan, or maybe two days later, I don't remember. I, know it was, I think it was the next day. Um, oh, I know what game I was doing. Well, I can actually look it up. Um, I think it was. Ooh, ooh, uh, uh. Okay, I, I want to say like it was Wichita. It was, it was, it was like a CBS Sports Network game. It wasn't like a huge game, but it was, it was out in that direction. Might have been like Wichita State, St. Louis. I'm gonna say. So I'm, I'm getting ready to go call that game, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you come to the Iron Bowl this weekend? It's in Auburn. Stay with me. Have a great." And I was like, I don't know. I'll watch it home. I literally could have flown out, could have watched the game, could have got to my game plenty of time like the next morning. It's like, you know, a couple hour drive, hour, hour and a half drive from, maybe two hour drive to Atlanta. Drive to Atlanta, fly mm-hmm. wherever you want. So, of course, that game ends in a kick six. And I'm watching at LAX right before I'm going to board my flight. And I'm like, I can't believe I just missed arguably the greatest, greatest game in the history of college football. So he sends me a text, and I have it somewhere in my phone, where it's a picture of his sweet tickets, right? There's like eight sweet tickets, and there's one stub remaining untaken, right? <laughs> that was my ticket. It, w- it wasn't just, it's not one of these things where like, hey, we'll save you a ticket. No, no, no. They really, he's like, no, just get on a plane, go to Atlanta, fly in, you drive, you get here for time for the game. Like, he kept trying to talk. He's like, nah, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. Watch with the kids. That's the that's the one that I've because I've done that before. There's <clears throat> Oklahoma State started the year one year I think when Whedon was there maybe 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 it was when Zach Robinson was quarterback. They started the the year off uh, in Athens against University of Georgia, and all my buddies went to the game and I was like oh, I'll go and I was gonna go on like a Friday after my radio show and like now nah, I'll go Saturday morning I'll watch the game I'll hang out in Athens I'll fly back the next night the fly back the next morning and <clears throat> I was on my I used miles. And I was on my way to the airport, which is like 30 minutes from my house. I literally get to the airport, and the ticket hadn't gone through, right? Like, you know, sometimes you reserve a ticket, but the purchase hadn't gone through. Mm-hmm. So all I had to do was, like, give them, I don't know, like, five bucks purchasing, you know, like, processing fee. And I was like, it's a sign. And what happened that one was, it was, like, September 3rd or something. And in Connecticut, when you get, like, literally right at September 1st, the humidity cuts, and it's, like, the, the best weather in the in the world. And my kids were really little at the time, and I'm like, man... What am I doing? I'm going to go to a football game and be with a bunch of dudes when I could be at home watching the game in my basement with my kiddos. Like, I actually turned around, grabbed a cup of coffee, and get, and, and drove home. So I've, those are the three three of the biggies that I've ever – you ever bailed on a game that you thought you were going to go to? Oh, geez. Uh, I'm trying to – not that – nothing of that, you know, substantial, that Iron Bowl. Because I would say that if it, if it was that – big of a game like that sort of rivalry like it's one thing like I went to an Auburn game once it was against LSU you know nice game but it's not the Iron Bowl you know like that would be it's two two, two yeah. Auburn games you're supposed to go to you're supposed to go to either the Iron Bowl which now is played on home campuses right used to be played in Birmingham mm-hmm. or you go when they play Georgia the oldest yeah. rivalry in the in the in the south in the south 
But I still want to go to that Packer game, man. I got to go to a Packer game. I got to go when it's cold. I don't want to go when it's like ice bowl cold. I want to go <laughs> right about now when it's starting to get sure. cold. You know, so I'm like, oh, okay, I got just enough to say I did it. I was lucky growing up because I actually have been to a few classics at Lambeau Field that people will remember. But mm. yeah, mm, I like that. I like that. Um, we're going to have some candy stuff on the show upcoming next hour. Plus, Tom Brady is not the MVP right now. He's doing great, but not the most valuable player. I'll share that with you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.